John Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Jordana Abraham. And I'm Dr. Naomi Bernstein. And we want to tell you about Calm the F*** Down, a guided meditation series from the Oversharing Podcast. This is something we've been planning for a long time. It's our most requested segment from the podcast. And these meditations are going to be between five and 10 minutes. They're going to be super quick because we don't have a lot of time. You're going to be so surprised how five to 10 minutes of really thoughtful meditations can transform your whole life. In addition to the first four meditations available at launch, we'll be doing two new meditations every single month. Plus, for the fans of Oversharing Podcast out there, you'll also get ad-free versions of every episode of the Oversharing Podcast. So if somebody wants to become a subscriber, how do they join? It's so easy. You just go to subscribe.betches.com and sign up now for only $4.99 a month. Or you can lock in our discounted rate if you sign up for the whole year. That's subscribe.betches.com. Or if you're in the Apple Podcasts app, you can just hit the subscribe button now and sign up in the app. It's as easy as that. Welcome to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. I hope... I hope everybody had a good weekend. I had a fantastic weekend. It was uh, Evie and my uh, 29th anniversary yesterday. (laughs) Evie and I made soup. (laughs) A soup, a soup. And by soup, of course, I mean we, we made soup. <laughs> Watched a movie. Hey, you know who didn't have a good weekend? Russian president and guy working the telethon who's deathly afraid of phones. <laughs> Vladimir Putin. Friday was Putin's 70th birthday, and Ukraine gave him a really special gift. They blew up the bridge connecting Russia to Crimea. <laughs> Boom! Thank you. Make a wish and blow it out, Vlad. (laughs) This is really personal for Putin. He took this very personally because after illegally annexing Crimea in 2014, he personally ordered the construction of this $3.7 billion bridge and opened it himself, dubbing it the Bridge of Dreams, just like that movie. Remember this famous scene? If you build it, they will... Blow it up! This bridge is also... (laughs) Who is that talking? Who is that? I've never seen that movie. I hear good things. Bridge is also an enormous uh, strategic asset because it's the only direct road and rail route from mainland Russia to Crimea, and without it, the Russian military will be severely limited in its ability to bring fuel, equipment, and ammunition to Russian units. Hey, Russian troops! Good luck getting your single rusty rifle in a basket of sharpened turnips now! It's especially... I don't know. I don't even know one is more like that. It's especially embarrassing because the Kremlin has long bragged about the bridge's invincibility because it was guarded by fighter jets, divers, and this is true, fighting dolphins. (laughs) Or as Russia calls them, the Marine Corps. (laughs) You know their slogan, the few, the proud, the... Unfortunately, thank you very much. That's my... That's my... 
Unfortunately for Russia, the bridge was taken down by a truck bomb, which somehow evaded Russia's crack squad of dolphin truckers. <laughs> now, in response, Putin launched a series of terrorist missile attacks against Ukrainian civilian targets. But it could have been worse because, and I want everyone to breathe, stay calm while I say this, Putin has nukes. In fact, Thursday night, Biden warned that we presently face the most serious prospect of Armageddon since Kennedy and the Cuban Missile Crisis. That is scary. Joe better get those nuclear codes back from Mar-a-Lago. Toot sweet. <laughs> Some were... Sup- is that where they are? Is that where they are? <laughs> it's not reassuring that last week the Department of Health and Human Services spent $290 million on a drug to treat radiation sickness, which they claim is coincidental. Yeah. It sounds so coincidental. It's like saying, yeah, a lot of beefy men in the neighborhood have disappeared with no trace. Anyway, who wants meat pies? I have a suspicious amount. (laughs) Nuclear war. I know, it's a dark joke. It's a very dark joke. But these are the times we live in. Nuclear war isn't the only thing on Biden's mind. The next day, he went to Maryland to give a speech about the economy. Here's how that went. Let me start off with two words. Made in America. I have two words for you. What the (laughs) I'm not... Now, ladies and gentlemen, I regret to inform you that, once again, it is time to talk about rapper and also Reynolds rapper (laughs) Kanye West. For years, West has been slowly descending into MAGA madness. And this weekend, after years of silence on Twitter, he returned to the app and tweeted death threats at Jewish people in general. Then, mid-tweet, seeming to sense the blowback, tried to rationalize his terrible anti-Semitism by pre-budding... The funny thing is, I actually can't be anti-Semitic because black people are actually Jew. Ah, yes. (laughs) The classic excuse of, I can't be anti-Semitic, some of my best friends are Jewish, and some of my best friends are me, and me have something interesting ideas about Jew. (laughs) I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Steve, Kanye's been acting erratically for a while. This vile act of anti-Semitism is something anyone with a brain could see coming, which is why so many on the right chose not to see this coming, including the GOP House Judiciary Committee, which last week, after Ye wore a T-shirt that said White Lives Matter, tweeted, Kanye, Elon, the former president. What is three people I would trap in a porta potty and roll it downhill? It wasn't just GOP congresspeople who embraced yay. It was also the leader of the party, Tucker Carlson. Last week, Err had yay on for an interview to talk about how it feels to be a persecuted MAGA Republican. It drove me crazy to not be able to say that I like Trump. It drove... Because think about it, it's me. Imagine me not being able to say what I wanted. Okay, hold it. Let me imagine it. Mm. Mm. 
Ooh, 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 ooh. ooh I, got, I got chills. Everything, everything feels so good. I'm sorry, what'd you say? Nothing? Uh... <laughs> but uh, no one had yays back more than the weekend Fox and Friends, who said this after, after, I want to point out, after Kanye had tweeted death threats at all Jewish people. Well, there's no question that Kanye or Ye was going to have to be taken down after what happened in the Tucker Carlson interview, after wearing that shirt. The target's over him. Right. It's just totally unsurprising. You could see it coming from a mile away. Yeah. This guy will be the target of big tech because he's too dangerous and too outspoken and too much of a free thinker. Yes, a free thinker. Only someone completely free of thought would call this a shoe. But later, later in that very same show, the friendly uh, friends, uh, Fox and Friends, finally decided to read about the thing they were complaining about on TV. And let's say, I hope they didn't pull a hammy backpedaling this fast. Unfortunate. I mean, there's no... Pretty ugly. It's ugly. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but we talked about it earlier without yeah. knowing about these tweets and saying, of course, they're going to put a target after what he said with Tucker. There's going to be a target on him, no doubt. Yeah. But in this particular case, I mean, he brought the target. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> Kanye is your free thinker. You threw a pity party and invited the guy who always poops in the punch bowl. Now you got to drink it. L'chaim. There was also a strange story over the weekend featuring Pennsylvania Senate candidate and strip club patron who's clearly forgotten the girls are paid to talk to him, <laughs> Dr. Oz. Last week at a fundraiser, Oz's campaign had a messaging issue when he delivered a speech in front of Adolf Hitler's car. That is horrible. But it does explain his campaign slogan, Oz for a new Germany. I mean New Jersey. I mean Pennsylvania. Go Eagles! But not the Hitler one. <laughs> the event... Why would you do that? The event occurred at the home of Hitler's car, the Lion Air Museum in Southern California. Okay, a couple of problems. First, Hitler. Second, Air Museum? Cars don't fly. Unless it was the star of the ill-fated children's movie, Nazi Nazi Bang Bang. We got a great show for you tonight. Coming up... Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleason. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free starting May 1st with a 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. My first guests tonight are acclaimed Irish actors who first co-starred in 2008's In Bruges. They've now reteamed for the Banshees of Inish Erin. Now... If I've done something to you, just tell me what I've done to you. And if I've said something to you, maybe I said something when I was drunk and I've forgotten it, but I don't think I said something when I was drunk and I've forgotten it. But if I did, then tell me what it was. And I'll say sorry for that too, Colin. Uh, 
with all my heart, I'd say sorry. Just stop running away from me like some fool of a moody schoolchild. But you didn't say anything to me. And you didn't do anything to me. Well, that's what I was thinking, like. I just don't like you no more. You do like me. I don't. You liked me yesterday. Please welcome Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. So lovely to have you guys here. Great, I, fantastic. I was to saying be here. to the audience and saying to uh, Lewis earlier just how just beautiful and affecting this movie is. It's just extraordinary, and I'm not the only one who thinks so. It premiered at the Venice Film Festival. Right. It got one of the longest standing ovations. This is the thing they do for people who don't know. It got a 15-minute standing ovation. Mm-hmm. What's that like? I mean, three minutes of tiring. Anything. Really? No, what I do you do for leave. 15 minutes? I tried to leave at about the seventh minute, I yeah. think, was when, when my ego felt good enough that I'd had enough. <laughs> the tank and was I tried full. to leave, and they said, you can't leave until, until everyone stops clapping. Yeah, uh, I was mortified, frankly, about... Uh, yeah. You know, in around the same time it started to get, this was amazing. It is amazing. And what was lovely was that it was all heart. You could feel it. You know, there were subtitles on the movie. Now, maybe some of the guys could have done with some subtitles. But it's, this was going into Italian. And they were laughing and kind of responding as it was going on. So the, the ovation felt heartfelt. But after a while, enough, you know, I mean, it's okay, lads. Off the, you can let you off the hook. That's when we looked started around. going down and doing, signing autographs, and I was told that that was breaking the <laughs> f- rules as well. You're not allowed to, you just have to take it. Yeah, but then we looked across at Martin McDonough, and he's there, yeah, I love it, I love it. He couldn't get enough of it, and he, he well, knew... Well, of course not, he's not the guy acting. This is his time to shine, Absolutely. you know? Absolutely. The yeah, directors exactly. all he said feel today, like... We did a photo the shoot. always going, this is all me anyway. <laughs> we did know, a photo shoot yeah. today, and he was doing Major Blue Steel, and he said the exact same thing himself. He was giving it all that, and he said, well, it's the only time I get to... I get to pose. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's a... It's a you know, as, as I said, as I said to your, to your son the other day, one of the things I love about the Irish is that, you know, a lot of the works that you see the Irish people write uh, or, or perform are they're funny and they're sad and they're funny about being sad. And this is a darkly funny movie about heartbreak. These yeah. two dear friends, and as, as we saw, this is right at the beginning of the movie. We're not giving anything away with this clip. Yeah. Right off the top, it turns out Spoiler that Spoiler alert, character... he's mean to me. Yes. <laughs> Yes, your character decides you don't want to talk with him anymore. You don't want to be friends with him anymore. I don't, yeah. I, I well, think, why was that? I, I don't have a choice, really. Yes. I don't have a choice. He's wrecking my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of. It's, it's, there's, a mystery, there's a mystery there for the audience, at least, yeah. as to why this is going on. And I'm just curious, you guys, are you guys, after In Bruges, are you guys true friends? Do you hang out? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, I love him to bits. Yeah, he's my friend. Okay, so did you method act this one? Did you actually not hang out while it was going on? We had on? a chat initially, didn't we? We started yeah. off the first day of rehearsal. I was a bit nervous because we got on so well on In Bruges. It was 14 years ago, and I've seen Brendan periodically through the years. And as I said, I had very deep love for him. And I just thought, I knew these characters, of course, having read the script before I went to work, impressive. Um, <laughs> I knew that we were going to be at Lagerheads, the whole thing. So I thought, you know, with respect to how deep he goes into the work, because he really does go deep and he asks the questions and he... And uh, I go somewhere myself. I thought, geez, I wonder will he want to keep a bit of distance? And uh, she was all over me from the I first was, day. It was very funny, because the two of us, we went in and I said, listen, uh, do you need to kind of 
keep this going to go wherever you need to go. And there was a little pause. And because he looked over at me to see if I needed to do it. And then just... I didn't know if he was asking for me or he was asking yeah, for himself. Yeah, he was really I'm asking sure. for himself. And simultaneous, the, simultaneous, the two of us just said, nah, we nah. don't need to do that, yeah. do we? Give us a hug. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we got that out of the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. less fun. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was really such It was a, reverse psychology. He was going under the thing where if you offer up the breakup, the person won't take it. <laughs> right. It was right. such a relief, though, because, uh, I mean, we had a similar thing on In Bruges where, you know, he was... He, he, he had a burden to carry during that movie. Yes, I know. And we had all this stuff that we were looking forward to do that was hilariously funny. But he was... It was a kind of a darkness had to happen with him. And it did. So it was that odd kind of mix. So... It needed to be guarded, you know what I mean? But it was wonderful. But we were so looking forward to kind of get back together again. You read the script and it's absolutely singing. Uh, and then you say, yeah, but there are other we aspects. Weren't, we weren't... We didn't do too much in this film. Like, there's a lot of you on your own, there's a lot of me on my own, there's a lot of you and my sister, me and my sister. Do you know what I mean? You with the priest. There's a lot of stuff where we were not together. I mean, when we are, it's very, right. con it's very yeah. consequential. Yeah. But Bruges was a, felt like a two-hander, even though there was, of course, other actors started yeah, to make yeah. it just about us. But it was about two lads falling in love in Bruges, and this is about the dissolution of love. It's about the fracture of it and the death of it, which was kind of crushing for my character and ultimately crushing for yours, even though you threw the... You no, know... totally, yeah. No, and it's typical of Martin um, that he... No one gets let off. He, he leaves space within the thing... Um, for people, because he knew, I think, like everybody on the cast, it's a sensational cast, and uh, he, he had worked with everybody before, apart from Barry Keoghan. And, uh, and left... Kelly Condon. Oh, Kerry's brilliant. Kerry Kerry's brilliant. Yeah, just magic in it. She's but amazing. He, isn't she? Yeah, amazing. And, like, there really, you know, there really is... I've, I found it hard not to get emotional at particular points in the story where, with her. And uh, just watching it, never mind. It was just fantastic. But Martin tends, tends at this point, we, he had worked with all these people and knew what they would bring, and he leaves space for it in a way that's quite remarkable. We have to take a quick break, but when we come back, I will ask Colin and Brendan about a special co-star of theirs. Stick around. <laughs> of the Banshees of Inna Sharon. Well, I want to talk about the other character... Come on, let's ..which do it. is Inna Sharon, which is a character that the place is... ..which is... It's an imaginary island, doesn't actually exist, but it's... We shot in the Aran Islands, wasn't it? Yeah. We shot it on Inishmore, which is the biggest of the Aran Islands, and Ackle Island, which is further up the coast in Mayo. And... Uh, Have you guys ever lived out in that sort of remote area before? You're both from Dublin, though. Both from Dublin, yeah. He has a place out. Out west. I, I go out west a lot. I've, I, I find it's kind of lifeblood in a way. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd been on Inishmore before, um, and Ackle not so much. I had been on Ackle, but I hadn't seen it because it was always mist and rain and stuff like that when I had arrived there. But just to, when I saw it was jaw dropping to come out and see the actual physical locations we were going. So beautiful. You know, and we were just laughing about it earlier. I, I, when Martin put the pub, on a place that is on the edge of the world. And my only reaction was congratulations. It was like, he, he always... did when he saw the set the first day. It was very, it was lovely. He went up to Martin and sincere as end, no humor. He said, ah, congratulations. <laughs> and it seemed so fitting because it was like the balls of Martin and the production designer to put this pub, build this pub that's no longer there on this bluff next stop 
20 feet away from the front door was the Atlantic and a drop off and cliffs and waves that were coming in constantly. Just outside the pub door, these waves crashing down. And it was like, honestly, it was like the waves in the ocean were representative of the inner turmoil that the people of the community felt. Because a lot of this film's about suppression yeah, as well, yeah, isn't it? It's about the stuff that's, that's kept down and not spoken about. Yeah, and to be, and to, like, he shot it incredibly cinematically so that it had it was epic in nature and so everything was at the extreme the beauty and the place was extreme um and so the heart then that appeared to be a small heart in a small story is 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 Magnified. elevated in yeah. the ways and he was that he was literally pushing everything to the edge and we nearly fell off at one stage because it was a storm and we thought we could do okay we could do the inside <laughs> in the pub and but Gerald, the lights were blowing halfway across the atlantic it's like it was impossible you couldn't hear anything because the rain was coming down but we got magnificent weather so somebody was smiling at it was us. magic man three and it was like uh, it was like greek islands that summer it was unheard of the weather we had couldn't have found rain if we were waiting for rain we'd still be there Honest to God, it was unbelievable. Yeah, it was I like, know, that was one, it was one unbelievable. day we, yeah. It was like Mykonos. The sunsets were indigo and amber, and it was just magnificent. But the people of, of particularly the first island that we were there for six or seven weeks, the people of Inishmore, there's 750 population year round, you know, and they just welcomed us into their lives yeah. daily. And it was, it was just so beautiful. And the same was, was with Ackle. The people were amazing. And it was one of the, one of the, reser the only reservations I had was that because Inishairn is is not an island, it is a mythical island. It's a mythical context that, 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 the, that the people of the islands we were on would in any way feel that, this was, that we were trying to make some comment on the way they were because nothing could have been further from the, from the way it was. We just, most beautiful people where a communal spirit and, and all that kind of stuff was every day and yeah. we'd see each other passing on the road. It was... Literally, we'd see each other passing on the road. Hey, Brandon, hey, Colin, <laughs> keep going. On the weekends, it was great, man. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about one other character, and that is this donkey. Oh, Jenny. Jenny, your donkey. Is that the character's name, or is that the actor donkey's one name? One and the same. She, well, I don't know, I couldn't separate the two at a certain point. I mean, her yes. performance was so on, you know. And this is this is your dear friend. This is well, your, we this were your friends. companion yeah, in the movie. In the movie, and we had actually yes. had a good friendship off camera as well, up until a point. Up until a point? What point? <laughs> and, uh, and then, and then it just, you know, kind of fell apart about two thirds of the way through the film. Didn't she started it all? You know, she was all. Well, it turned out she needed, she did need a little bit of space. <laughs> yeah, and there was no diva on the island, and obviously Jenny f thought she'd fill that gap. <laughs> a How little did bit. My left, my left knee can attest. Did she kick you? She did. There's a lot of animals in the, in the film. She kicked me. His dog bit me. <laughs> There's a horse in the film that yeah. tried to reverse me on the cart into the <laughs> Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> Fact. The I, I, I the U and I put you, the E in very quickly exactly there. Right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I'm very curious. You're welcome. I'm going to be very curious whether CBS is going yeah. to I think that's all right. I think, <laughs> I think we're all right. We'll find out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll find out. <laughs> Lovely to have you. Thank uh, you so much for being here. The Banshees of Inna Sharon is in theaters next Friday. Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson, everybody. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Poncho, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. 
And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.